From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery, and Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer RIA who's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. The stock market is adding to this week's advance. The S&P 500 is on course for its biggest weekly gain since March. The equity benchmarks remain higher after Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen said the ongoing improvement in the U.S. economy would warrant another interest rate increase in the coming months. She stopped short of giving an explicit hint that the central bank will act in June. The dollar extended its largest monthly gain. Banks, healthcare, and consumer discretionary shares are up the most. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up 13 points at 17,841. S&P 500 up 4 points, two-tenths of a percent at 2,094. The Nasdaq is up 22 points, a gain of half a percent. It's trading at 49.24. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down 18 cents a barrel, a third of a percent at 49.30. Spot Gold is down $12.90 an ounce at 1209.80. Ten-year Treasury down 6.30 seconds with a yield of 1.85%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Fetcher Yellen says that, yes, a rate hike is appropriate in coming months. So we had a little bit of a sell-off in the bond market with a benchmark 10-year yield down about 6.30 seconds. Make that 3.16, seals at 1.85. So how about a forecast for that 10-year note yield going down to 1.25%? Well, that's exactly what our next guest is looking for. We're very happy to welcome Mark Grant back to Taking Stock. He's Chief Fixed Income Strategist for Hilltop Securities, joining us from Fort Lauderdale. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, Kathleen. It's great to be with both you and Pim. So, uh, Janet Yellen, did you take away anything special from her remarks speaking to Greg Mankiw at Radcliffe Day today? I said earlier in the year that I didn't think, and I still don't think that it's appropriate that the Fed do anything. I now have a feeling that they are going to make one move probably in June, maybe July, 25 basis points. I think the odds are about 80% now that's coming the way she sounded today. I think it's a mistake, but I think that's what's going to happen. Hey, Mark, I just want to understand something, because if you look at the debt that countries and people have taken on, this debt-funded consumption, it works great for a while, but doesn't it end at a certain point? Well, Pim, right now, according to the rating agency Fitch, there's $9.9 trillion of debt that's yielding less than zero, in other words, negative yielding debt. And the ECB is making noises that it's going to expand 
program as well as the Japanese Central Bank. So interestingly enough, Pam, I have a divergent opinion here, not unusual for me, but um, I think the Fed may raise the rate 25 basis points, but I'm looking, and we've seen so far in the last 30 days, a yield curve that is flattening significantly and may even go negative. And the reason for that is the tremendous amount of money that's coming out of uh, Asia and out of Europe and that's buying longer-term U.S. Uh, securities, not just treasuries, but corporate bonds and um, other uh, mortgage-backed bonds. And so I see a flattening yield curve, and I'm looking for the 10-year to head down to one and a quarter because demand is going to be much stronger, in my opinion, than supply. That seems to me to be so important here for people to think about when they think about the bond market. And of course, the treasury market you may not buy treasuries, but it obviously helps set the, the price and the yield for all kinds of fixed income in the U.S. and around the world is that it's not so much necessarily that yields will go a lot lower because we're having a recession or that there's deflation in the United States. It has much more to do just with investors particularly big institutions around the world, saying, I need some yield. And compared to so many other parts of the world, this is where I'm going to get it, U.S., even U.S. Treasuries. I think that's correct, uh, Kathleen. As a matter of fact, and almost nobody in the media talks about this, but I have a solution to the problem, which is to buy closed-end bond funds. And recently we saw Bill Gross come out saying he thought also it was the best a solution, and uh, we've seen Randy Forsyth over at Barron's be very positive. But I spent about 40 hours over a weekend once and went through the closed-end bond funds, and uh, using Bloomberg for a lot of the uh, research, uh, took it down to 11 bond funds, and these 11 bond funds, the last time I did the calculation, pay on average 10.29%. That's 10.29%. They trade like equities, in other words, they're a stock, but instead of the ownership being General Motors or IBM or something, the ownership is a, a bond portfolio, a diversified bond portfolio managed by BlackRock or uh, Babson Mass Mutual or PIMCO or some of the very biggest names out there. And they also, interestingly enough, pay every month. So you get a check every single month, and you're getting – uh, over 10% with a monthly check, and I don't know a better place to put money. What are the risks, Mark? Well, they're perpetuals like stocks, meaning that they don't have a maturity. So if you're comparing them to other bonds, Pim, you would say that uh, it's a perpetual security. They have some leverage in them. And the good news for a person or an institution, and by the way, I'm in talks right now with some of the biggest institutions in the world about getting into these, um, so there's some leverage in them, but even pre the Fed doing something or after the Fed doing something, you're still at such low interest rates, and the differential between the bond yields and the uh, leverage is, is so great, I'm not concerned about it. Uh, and then there also is a question of liquidity, but I can also report, because I do business with a lot of very large institutions, that there's very little liquidity in anything these days. But those would be the risks in, in these uh, securities. So in a nutshell, for a novice investor who may not know, tell us, again, in a nutshell, what is a closed-end bond fund? How does it compare, say, to a, a, just a more basic uh, 
bond fund, mutual fund, you know, it's sort of plain vanilla. Is it something that a retail investor can buy easily, Mark, or is it something that you have to work with the Mark Grants of the world to buy? No, you can buy it very easily, just like you can buy IBM stock. The 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 issue here, which is the same in an equity, is you have to know what you're doing. You have to do homework. You have to differentiate between the bond funds, the closed-end bond funds that look attractive and the ones that aren't. So, yes, you have to know something about these things, but it, it, you can buy them exactly the same through anyone you want, any broker-dealer that you want, as you would buy an equity. What I am looking for here, and in in a, in a, even with if the Fed does decide to do something in a period of incredibly low interest rates, even if you took from the beginning of this year to today, the Dow Jones is up 4%, and these bond funds are paying over 10%. Well, I'll take the yield. Thank you very much, and I'll take a monthly check versus a stock with a dividend that pays four times a year or a bond that pays twice a year. I think this is the absolutely best thing that an institution or a person uh, could put their money in at the present time. Mark, do lingering negative interest rates just draw more money into the United States, into the very assets that you've described? Yes, and that's exactly what I think is going on. You know, Europe operates differently than the United States. The government basically puts the arm on the institutions over there that uh, manage the pension money, manage uh, different things for different uh, governmental entities to buy uh, bonds denominated in euros and so forth. However, what's taken place is with the expansion of the uh, European Central Bank's program, to buy more corporate bonds as well as sovereign debt bonds, and they may even expand it into equities, you're seeing the ability of a lot of the European institutions now to come to America, put money in American securities as arguably the safest place to put money. It's certainly not the place to uh, get the most yield. Just for a comparison for your uh, audience, Pim, the uh, Ten-year uh, German sovereign debt is yielding 0.14%, and uh, that's in comparison, Pim, to the United States 10-year Treasury, which is yielding uh, close today at 1.85%. And then if you take going into corporate yields, which is where I'd like presently, or some of the mortgage yields, you're just picking up a tremendous amount of yield over what you can get most of the rest of the world. Uh, could you just, are, is there a couple of funds, a couple of names you want to throw out to our listeners of, of an example of a good closed-end bond fund so they can start educating themselves and learning more about these vehicles? I wish I could. Unfortunately, Kathleen, uh, my compliance department forbids oh. me from doing that, and someone would have to get a hold of me for the funds that I like, but I can't state them in public. Thank you very much for spending time with us. Mark Grant is the Chief Fixed Income Strategist for Hilltop Securities. He's based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg. I'm Pim Fox. We've been talking about Janet Yellen and her speech today, her conversation, rather, at Harvard University. And, uh, Kathleen, uh, it seems as though it hasn't really done very much to the stock market. Uh, it did fall right during her conversation, but um, afterwards... Stock market has come back. S&P 500 up two-tenths of a percent. Dow Jones Industrial Average up one-tenth of a percent. You're listening to Taking Stock.
From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.